Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Obscenities and profanities. I told him to move on, but he continues to use profanity. That is, if you've absorbed enough profanity. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you mentioned that maybe pedophilia wasn't all that bad, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, February 24th, 2017, Blind Boys Can Lie edition of the show, where we discuss the lost boys of the internet. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Hippocritol. One pill a day keeps the morals away. Are you a major publishing house coping with a controversial hate-mongering author? Try Hippocritol. Are you the most influential conservative conference dealing with the fallout from inviting a fascist fanboy pedophile defender to speak at your event? Hippocritol. One tiny pill will soothe those nagging feelings of guilt and responsibility years of soulless capitalism have missed along the way. Kicked your gay kid out of the house for violating God's law? Hippocritol. Let those among us without sin cast the first stone. You can grab that rock with Hippocritol. Side effects include being Paul Ryan, significant damage to the Republic, possible boycotts of your products, and erectile dysfunction. Only your purchase congressman can tell you if Apocritol is right for you. Between the ages of 13 and 16, two men touched me in ways they should not have. One of those men was a priest. My relationship with my abusers is complicated by the fact that at the time, I didn't perceive what was happening as abusive. But I can look back now and see that it was. I still don't view myself as a victim, but clearly I am one. My experiences as a victim led me to believe that I could say almost anything on this subject, no matter how outrageous. But I understand that my usual blend of sassy, gay British sarcasm, provocation and gallows humour might have come across as flippancy. A lack of care for other victims, or even worse, as seems to have been the case in reports, advocacy. I'm horrified by that impression. I would like to restate my disgust at adults who sexually abuse minors. I regret the things that I said. I don't think I've been as sorry about anything my whole life, and this isn't how I wanted my parents to find out about this either. But let's be clear about what's happening here. This is a cynical media witch hunt from people who do not care about children. They care about destroying me and my career, and by extension, my allies. They know that although I made some outrageous statements, I've never actually done anything wrong. They held this story back. They held the footage back. Footage that's been out there in the wild for over a year because they don't care about victims. They don't care about children. They only care about bringing me down. To paraphrase Joseph Heller, among others, some men are born assholes. Other men achieve assholedom. Still others have assholishness thrust upon them. Milo Yiannopoulos is all three. This week, the flamboyant fascists discovered that words have consequences, even in a nation that holds free speech sacrosanct. Now, 
a rational person might think that his long, aggressively dickish behavior and speech might have achieved this laudable dish of just desserts, just desserts before now. After all, here's a fellow whose bile and hate got him banned from Twitter for life. And bile and hate are the fuel that churns the engine of Twitter. Still, up until this week, one could say the self-described dangerous faggot was in ascendance. He had a massive book deal a riot-inducing college speaking tour, and a softball interview on Bill Maher's show. Jesus Christ, Billy, you're shaking like a dog shit in a peach pit. And just before his plum speaking gig at CPAC, the elephant graveyard of political integrity, everything was coming up little swastika-laden rainbows from Milo until... I shouldn't have said that. I should not have said that. I shouldn't have said that. Apparently, anti-Semitism, racism, misogyny, bigotry, and ironically enough, homophobia, and just plain old good old-fashioned hate are just fine with CPAC and the crew, but tasteless comments about teenage boys sucking off old men are just a bridge too far, and he lost it all, including resigning from his job as technology editor at Breitbart. I have no fucking clue what technology Mila was writing about. Maybe it was the best ovens for your new concentration camp. And I done did the Milo show a couple of months ago, back in episode 91, Little Milo Writes Book, where I said many, many spiteful and cutting things about Mr. Yiannopoulos, and honestly, this little shitbag con artist doesn't deserve any more publicity, period. Even on a low-rated podcast such as this one. So, uh, I guess that's it. We can all go home now. Good show, everyone. Not so fast. Right. Right, I guess while the little douche tube may very well be done, though I actually sincerely doubt it. I mean, Ann Coulter is still running around, and she said stuff damn near as bad. And there are, but there are plenty of other Milos out there, and they're not going away. Laura Penny wrote an article in Pacific Standard about the Lost Boys, the cadre of young men who travel with Milo on his speaking tour and genuinely exist in his orbit as employees, assistants, sycophants, and henchmen. Penny's article is a long read and pulls no punches, but neither is she heartless in her assessment of these young men and, by proxy, those that exist out there in the wilds of Reddit and Twitter, full of piss and vinegar and, indeed, very much full of shit in all the ways that only young men can be. Because in all the universe, there is nothing quite so fragile as the male ego. And that eggshell structure at the best of times turns into a molecular membrane surrounding a throbbing raw nerve from the ages of 15 to 25 even in the best of men. At that age, the only thing that happens faster than a sudden random erection is your damaged ego. Is it me, or are you the world's biggest pussy? And unfortunately for some of these young men, they are a pussy. And while back in my youth, you might get in a fight or get stoned while listening to Rush albums or perhaps needlessly slaughter an adventuring party by not even giving them a clue that the entire room was a trap and they'd missed the only key to deactivate the mechanism. I would like to apologize to my DNA group for the incident of March 9th, 1984. My feelings were hurt by Jenny Nussbaum, and I took it out on you. Today, young men don't do any of that. They go online, and they whine about it. I mean, we all go online to complain. After porn, it's the single most popular item on the internet. Yelp reviews, angry Facebook rants, and good God, the tweets. Scroll Twitter in the wild sometime and just see the sheer petulant whining that takes place about everything. 
But over in Trump Reddit and Trump Twitter, there is a special brand of young snowflake that is deeply hurt and deeply bitter about something. And I'm not even sure even they know exactly what it is. Interestingly, they've more or less co-opted the previous demands of the left by taking offense at any slight or mention. The Guardian has actually come up with a name for it called populist correctness. And so, many of these correct populists have rallied around Milo, or I guess more to the point, Milo glommed on to them. Who are these sensitive young men, aggrieved by a world so unjust, who use the internet like a... Courtroom doll that kids use to show where the molester touched them. They go by so many names. All of which the dedicated listener to this here low-rated show might recognize. Gamer gators, rabid puppies, red pillars, men's rights activists, members of the manosphere, and any man under the age of 45 wearing a Making America Great Again hat. Their domains are myriad. But if you want a nexus of insecurity, you should look no further than the self-proclaimed front page of the internet, Reddit. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. I mean, sure, there are worse places than Reddit, because 4chan makes Reddit look like the firing line with Bill fucking Buckley by comparison. But Reddit is where the roaches scuttle out into the light looking for crumbs of mainstream acceptance. Young men gather in these forums to share their mutual sad lives and create memes which eventually infect the rest of the internet like crabs from a biker bar toilet. Before long, you're scratching your crotch with a mutated form of Pepe the Frog in a Trump hat making fun of The Bachelor. But the er memes all rise from a sense of profound displacement, a fear of women, of homosexuality, and just of otherness that each of these pathetic mama's boys suckle from a teat like they were on a she-wolf in an Etruscan funerary statue. And every young person experiences these feelings of futility, rage, and disaffection from society, and most young men go through a period of nihilism, though most of them don't have any idea what nihilism is, only that, unlike the tenets of national socialism, it lacks an ethos, dude. It comes from not knowing who you are, where you fit, and what your place in the world might be. And most of these young people fill that existential void by finding some group which with they can identify. The vast majority of the young men in America do it with team sports, either as a player or a fan, because after all, if you can don a ludicrously overpriced jersey trademarked by a vast corporate entity dedicated to profiting from young African-American men destroying their bodies in pursuit of a leather ball, you will find a community of like-minded followers you can identify with. I uh, never pegged you for a sports fan. Others dive into music, draping their frames in band t-shirts and attempting to learn a musical instrument, even though their talents preclude even the most elementary participation in music production. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Still, others adopt a literary pretense or labor under the delusion that their interpretation of a largely forgotten character from the original MASH movie is somehow so dynamic that it will make Anne-Marie Brown, who played Hot Lips in a wildly age-inappropriate junior high production of the movie, fall in love with them. Kiss my hot lips. Hot lips. We have got to share this with the rest of this people. Yeah, she didn't, and the only reason I ever got the role is because I had a southern accent. And then, of course, there were those of us who uh, opted for uh, funny-shaped dice and books with dragons on the cover. 
Though, to be honest, the Venn diagram between D&D kids and the theater kids and the music kids, there was a lot of overlap. But then, something happened in the early 90s that forever changed the nature of disaffected young men too physically weak for sports, too introverted for musical theater, and lacking the imagination for Dungeons & Dragons. Home video games suddenly got good. I mean, good enough that it could hold the attention span of pre-diagnosis AD&D kids. A few years after that, the games got connected, and then a whole new thing was born. Online gaming. One day it will break apart, and that will be the end of everything. Now, young men who previously fit on the fringes of even the most fringe existing identities, for any number of reasons, most of which was because they were viciously bullied by everyone, even the theater and D&D nerds, they found a place that fit their unique needs, mainly somewhere that they <laughs> and something they could do without leaving the house or ever interacting face-to-face with another human being. And I don't want you to think I'm going off on one of those screeds that some middle-aged man seems to love that online gaming is the source of everything wrong with America. Now we see the violence inherent in the system. That's the same tired arguments that's been going around since the dawn of time when one middle-aged caveman, and I guess in those days he would have been like 14 or 15 years old, looked at the other and said, kids these days with their stone clubs, when we were kids we had a piece of wood and it was good enough for us. And you know what? I think these sharp rocks are the reason why they're killing each other all the time. Trust me, video games, online or otherwise, are no more to blame for the societal problems that we have than heavy metal music or even rap music for that matter, with the notable exception of Vanilla Ice, whom I can conclusively link to the downfall of Western civilization. See my newsletter for details. It's not the games, it's not the medium, the problem is the people that are playing them. The young men, disaffected, painfully introverted, and very, very angry, who found a release in the orgiastic expression of violence and dominance within the confines of the gaming universe. And that universe is definitely no girls allowed. Why? Well, it's because there's so few women to begin with. Not to say that women don't game. It's that, though, through a very conscious decision of most of these games, were marketed to young men. Are the women out there who enjoy running through digital mazes with automatic simulated weapons gunning down other players with gleeful savagery? Sure. But the advertising blitz is aimed towards young men, and over the years, they've come to dominate the genre. And if you have a world without female influences, it allows men to be the kind of creatures we truly are. Savage, brutish, and redolent of body odor. Sure, but it's definitely not paradise. I don't want you to think that women are incapable or unwilling to engage in just this sort of behavior. It's just different targeting. I mean, if you've ever been privy to the social ostracization of a particular young woman from another group of young women, you will see a savagery usually reserved for honey badgers or reality shows. But the lost boys of the world are pulled like a magnet towards the extreme poles and say what you will about Milo like a floating mine towards the hull of a hospital ship in the Persian Gulf. But when you feel like no one is listening to you, it's easy to say anything that pops into your head, no matter how offensive, how hurtful, how racist. And then what happened was all of a sudden, people started listening. I mean, it's like a toddler, or indeed a podcast host, who learns that if you just run around shouting, fuck, 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 over and over again, someone eventually is going to notice you. 
And this little misogynist stew has been has been quietly simmering on the internet since its inception. It was there in the Usenet groups, it was there in the AOL chat rooms in the 90s, it was there in the comments sections from the word go, and it was there in the forum sites like FARC or something awful. I did some site moderation in the late 90s and early 2000s. Trust me, this shit was there. But then, then, we got social media, and all of a sudden, the toddler yelling, fuck, 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 could be heard by everyone. And just like the toddlers, the Lost Boys figured out that any attention is good attention. And they don't think what they're doing is bad. They say what they're doing is for the lulls. The hate isn't hate, because they don't mean it. (laughs) That, and we worry too much about words. I mean, when they say that all Jews should be put in ovens, they don't mean they personally will put anyone in an oven, Jew or otherwise. I mean, good grief, these kids won't get off the couch to take a piss. They're certainly not going to go around putting people in concentration camps. And when they say they're going to come to your house, rape you, cut off your head, and use your head for a bowling ball, they're not serious because they don't even bowl. This outrage is nothing but political correctness run amok, and frankly, they are offended that you infringe on their right to free speech with your demands that they be banned from Twitter or that their information be exposed to the police after a campaign of intimidation, hacking, and torment that drives women from their home in fear for her life. How dare you? How dare you? (sighs) The circle's now closed. People are crying out from safe spa- for safe spaces from safe spaces. We've divided by zero and the resulting rupture in the space-time continuum sped out Donald Trump, Milo, and Kid Rock thinking about running for the United States Senate. The gentleman from Michigan has two minutes. Bow, bow, dang, dang, boogie. I said up, down, down, jump, up, the boogie. I yield the remainder of my time. You know, I wrote that joke before it appeared on Colbert, although, to be honest, it's a pretty fucking obvious joke. We can't put the genie back in the bottle on these young men any more than we can undo the lasting shame of the 2016 election. We can't turn off the internet and go back to a world where these misanthropic outcasts sat in the back of a classroom drawing demonic hellscapes in their their biology textbook and composing horrible death metal lyrics in their head. And we shouldn't. They are not the disease in our culture. They're a symptom of the cancer on our empathy. And we've stopped trying to reach out, all of us, to the other in our society. And we sure as hell have closed the door in the other's faces any time they make the slightest effort to reach out themselves. Our tribes are now so codified, our identity is so fixed, that we've a little room and less desire to be inclusive. And I'm no better. I'm sitting here doing this podcast by the converted, for the converted. If I do reach across the aisle, it isn't to shake the hand, but to give the finger. There's an argument to be made that the only difference between someone like me and someone like Milo is our choice of targets. There may be some truth to this, but at the same time, you kind of need to opt in for the abuse I dole out towards people I disagree with or find repugnant. In the end, you clicked on this podcast for whatever reason, and here you are in 20-odd minutes into the show. At a certain point, you just have to own your own abuse. Shana, they bought their tickets... They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. 
The difference between us is that they go, and the Lost Boys go out of their way to inflict their views, their hate, their fear on other people through doxing, through trolling, and through speaking tours on college campuses where they know they will inflame the reactionary left. I mean, if I'm a mean-spirited asshole towards right-wing Christians and Randy and Jackoffs, at least I don't force them to experience this thing against their will. This is exactly what goes on with troll armies and Reddit clan claverns comprised of angry young men called for the ranks of bitter online gabers and pathetic men's rights virgins. To a certain extent, you know, I even agree with some of their rhetoric. The reactionary left is trying to stifle their free speech. Private entities like Twitter or Simon & Schuster, you know, they're free to allow or deny their platforms to whomever they please, like all the times they've rejected Gavin's manuscript. No one wants to lead your Lord of the Rings, Gavin. It's just a fake rip-off with vampires. Your book is bad, Gavin, and you should feel bad. Vampire hobbits, honestly, no one wants that. And there's a strong argument to be made that giving a Nazi a soapbox just allows their message to be spread. But our answer has to be better than just denying them the chance to make their views heard, even if that view is offensive. Especially if that view is offensive. Milo would have a book deal right fucking now if the Reagan Brigade had not dug up his little speech on pederasty that, if you want to be brutally honest, is a fucking thing. It has been for generations. A thing that we don't like to talk about, but if I will right here and right now on this podcast that I can only assume will someday cost me a lucrative ga- uh, book deal, might not have been that bad. Might not, I don't know. Older gay men have been sleeping with younger gay men, and sometimes, just sometimes, it was below the age of consent as a kind of mentor-mentee relationship because we, as a society, have not spent a fucking second on teaching these young men that their feelings are perfectly natural and normal, and we block them from exploring their sexuality in safe ways with age-appropriate partners. But hey, let's not talk about that. Bill Maher is an insufferable prick, and he didn't challenge Milo on anything when he had the chance. But he wasn't wrong to have him on his show. You have him on your show, and then you turn Larry Wilmore loose on him to put him in his place. Because nothing shuts a fucking fascist up faster than having someone smarter than them smack down their arguments one right after the other, and then tell them... Fine, but you always invite such awful people on your show. These are not... They're so stupid. Look at... No, come on. You need I'm to, you need to uh, start inviting higher <laughs> IQ guests or this I'm is going to be a disaster. These, first, of all, first of all, wait. <laughs> these, these are very high. Wait, hold on, Bill. You can go fuck yourself, all right? And if you can get a brilliant African-American comedian to do it, so much the better. You don't silence hate by forcing the hater to be quiet. You silence hate by having better words, better ideas, and by convincing people that their hate is wrong. You know what? Maybe if we talked to these young men before they became socially isolated, so desperately afraid of difference that they calcified into hateful little toads, squatting in fetid corners of the internet, demonstrating their dominance by teabagging the digital corpse of democracy, we could teach them that difference isn't dangerous. That feelings are not something to hide behind a wall of machismo and bullshit. We could explain the ideas of self-ownership, embrace the individual identity as something to be celebrated and not mocked. That weird is only weird if you want it to be. If we did that, we could root this problem out before it ever flowers. We could solve our rape culture. 
We could solve our hate culture, our race problem, and maybe I could play an online game without having to share it with a bunch of fucking dickhead teenagers who keep calling me faggot. It's probably too late for the current generation of Lost Boys. We can only hope they remain too lazy and indeed too unfuckable to propagate another generation of flawed young men like Milo and his followers. The best case scenario is the case where this problem is also the solution. Though I guess, if you think about it, that is actually evolution in action. And they probably don't believe in that either. That is it for our show this week, show number 98 in the bag. We are on the lookout for listener input, taglines, elevator pitch ideas, and shit to put on our t-shirts. Right now, the only t-shirt we on for the show we have is Gavin naked on the back of a unicorn, and frankly, the reactions of the test market group were, uh, they weren't good. The last time I saw that much vomiting in one place was closing time in the back door of Papa Cho's Snake Shot Bar in Santon, South Korea. Share your ideas with us at the What the Hell Podcast at gmail.com or at the show line at 347-687-9601. If you want the full show experience, the immersion experience, follow the show on Twitter at the Hell underscore podcast or the show name on Facebook where you'll find all the nuggets that I thought didn't make the show script. It's almost as bad as Gavin's t-shirt, really. Rate and review the show on iTunes and Stitcher so that when future researchers find the show, they can easily discredit me. All the shows are on SoundCloud at the show name and, of course, at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, the chafed and itchy unicorn allergic producer Gavin, and all the other fictional vampire hobbits on this show, we want to say that we could not be happier with <laughs> come up with a reason to play this next song, even if we couldn't find a lyrical hook to hang it on. We'll see you all. Next week. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.